Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go. You're listening to the Satellite Sisters. It is Tuesday, June 10th. Julie and I are happy to be here with you. I'm Leanne Dolan, the the baby of the family. <laughs> Almost said youngest, Julie. Tried not to say it, but okay, I'm the youngest. <laughs> youngest of the Satellite Sisters living here in Pasadena, California. My big sister, Julie, is in Dallas, Texas. Hey, that Jewel. would be the oldest <laughs> sister. I tried not. I just, we, I know we have new listeners, so I'm trying to clarify who's who. It just came out. I'm sorry. Yes. Sorry. Okay. Okay, Leon. That's all right. Okay. And you're way younger than everybody else. Is that what you like to tell people? Well, it's true. <laughs> I mean, it's not a lie. It's not a myth. Uh, it's a fact. Well, you're not really, I mean, there are five of us, Leon. I mean, you, they, you know, it has to be at least five years. It's not, there's no 20 year uh, no. age span. No. It's you a 10-year age span. It's a 10-year age span. Okay? There's a six-year gap between me and Monica. So I think people think that we had a lot more to like in, to do with each other growing up. And I don't really recall most of you. So, well, uh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> no, I do. So, I do. That's the way you feel about it. I'm glad we left you home from those family vacations. That is the way I, I just, I bring it up because we talked about the training bra that I inherited uh, a couple of weeks ago about how like somehow I was wearing the same bra as you and Mm -hmm. someone on the Facebook page commented how bad they felt for me. And it made me think like, yeah, that bra was like literally a decade old. Like it wasn't like you were immediately above me. I mean, well, Leanne, there really hadn't been a lot of innovations in the training bra design. It's a classic training bra. It's still good. But okay. you think one, you have five, yeah, you just think five daughters, you think you'd go bra shopping more than once a decade. But if you were a mother, same. Well, I'm so glad you've gotten over it, Leanne. <laughs> now that you're an adult, a fully functioning adult. Oh, we have a big show on Tuesday. We actually had to cut stories. We had so much trivial news to discuss. Um, just chock so- full here with shallow, shallow events to talk about, Leanne. Mm-hmm. It's exciting, Julie. We have a whole green vegetable block. So I, you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Uh-huh. I mean, I know we've been talking about kale, but it's time to move on, Satellite Sisterhood. And I have the green veggie for you. Uh, Julie is bringing something to the show. She's just calling nutty news. Which- nutty news. <laughs> Land. There's some nutty news out there. Yeah. We have a World Cup pick. So uh, World Cup starts on Thursday. It is fun, fun, fun. Get get on board, people. It's just a whole country. You don't have to... You don't have to really know anything. Just pick a country and go for it. That's what we're suggesting. And then uh, some updates about our Cape Cod meetup and uh, the Gracie Award dilemma we presented last week. Um, but, uh, Jill, what's happening there in your world? Well, first, I want to, I have to start, Leanne. I need a ruling from you and from the Satellite Sisterhood on two, what I felt were two extremely awkward situations that I encountered, one in a restaurant and one outside a restaurant. Okay, so the first situation, Leon, I was walking uh, my dog, Zorro. You know, we've talked about him a great deal, and he was actually moving at, at this moment. Mm-hmm. He was 
he was walking. Sometimes he doesn't like to walk, but we were taking a little stroll. We walked by an outdoor cafe. Okay, this is an outdoor cafe that has um, that, um, you know, patio seating. They also are very pet friendly. So a number of people bring their pets. They have water dishes, you know, all of that, all of that. So Zorro just sort of trots by and there's a little dog there wagging his tail and just as nice as could be that we have, they have a little, hello, how are you? And I'm just ready to move on. And uh, the woman says, can I have my, bo- don't, can I have my bone back? I was like, what are you talking about? She said, your dog, your dog took my dog's bone and I want it back is what she said. to Wow. Me. Yes. It became- Howdy. That's not the Texas spirit. <laughs> no, it wasn't Leon. Howdy. Okay. So somehow Zorro's got a big head. He oh. made this move. There was a tiny bone. Now I want to describe this bone. This was not a store-bought bone. This was not a toy bone. This was like a small piece of a pork chop bone. Okay. It was a very small item. She had a small dog and this bone was lying on the sidewalk in the public space, I might add, Leanne. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she wanted me to reach into my dog's mouth. And give her dog back the bone. I found it an awkward situation, Leah. Well, uh, you you are a woman who has in the past reached into your dog's mouth, taken yes, the I tennis have. ball out of it, and given it to a stranger. People were always asking me to like get something out of my dog's mouth. <laughs> yes. There I was again. Hey, if you're new to the satellite sisterhood, what Julie did, in fact, one time, take the tennis ball out of her lab's mouth and give it to a man in a car. And that's a story for another day, but you must be easily identified as like, go ahead, ask me to reach my dog's mouth. I know. It seems like it's fair game. Okay. It wasn't like, oh, your dog got it, you know, or I mean, the, the bone had no great value. Okay. It wasn't like the other dog, the other dog had spit the bone out. It was on the sidewalk free and clear. Well, I think you should make a half, half effort to do that just because she sounds like she really wanted that bone. But in general, I think people pay way too much attention to their dog's needs. I mean, I was at a restaurant this weekend and there were two dogs there and they were, they were like big hot dogs and they were breathing hard and it was impairing my enjoyment of my like alfresco dining. But that's neither here nor there. I would have made a half effort and gone, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. And then just run, (laughs) just run, (laughs) just run with the bone. Yeah. Just run away. Well, you I did, of course. I, well, you know, because these people, I really, they just shocked. It was so awkward and they were so shocking and so insistent about the stupid bones. So yeah. yes, indeed, took my hand, reached in Zorro's big slobbery mouth, pulled out a nice slobbery wet bone, okay, and gave it back to did that you throw little- throw it wet. at her? I did. I did. <laughs> did you drive it into her heart? <laughs> did you do with it now Leon? that that would that's an excellent suggestion i mean i'm going back Leon. yeah i'm gonna stalk this one i'm hoping she comes back yeah uh, with her here's your bone pup yeah you're gonna get your bone i just i just we went home humiliated okay the two of us okay I mean, Zorro had been, was triumphant that he found a bone on the sidewalk. Okay. It was a big score for him. Okay. And I was just, you know, chit-chatting, walking, walking along, you know, I even said, oh, what a cute dog. Well, I take that back. Right. Okay? Oh, Julie, that's, right. 
Okay. So that was the first awkward one. So I was so overwhelmed. I had really been consumed by this that my nice husband, he decided, okay, he's going to take me out to dinner. Now, Leon, you know, he, uh, I, for, it takes him about a year. We have a, a little place in our neighborhood that um, they serve souffles. I think I've taken <laughs> Yes, I love that. Rise. Yes, I Rise. love that place. Okay, if you're ever in Dallas, it is a just a super charming place to go for lunch or for dinner. But what they serve are souffles. And I, I'm just married to a man that, you know, it takes a lot to, he does not see a souffle as a m- dinner meal. You know, there's, he's always looking for the meat. Okay. There's no meat, you know, there's, so it's, so it takes him a long time, but he, he agreed to go to souf, sou, the souffle restaurant for um, a little light supper. And I was excited. And so we go, Liam. And uh, we're, we get there, and it's always busy there. Busy at lunch, busy at brunch, busy at dinner. We get there, and we say we want a table for two, and they say, yes, we have one last table. So they lead us to this cute little table on the porch, and we walk by, and on the table, very, very right next to us, there is a couple, Liam. Mm-hmm. And um, how can I describe this couple? This couple looked like they were from the original cast of Dallas. Do you remember that <laughs> yes. TV show? Yes. Wow. That's exact. Yes. Throwback she Thursday. Was, yeah. Yes. It was a real throw, but she was in a very low cut dress, a pink dress, very tight. And she had on spiked shoes and she had, so there was a lot of hair. There was a lot of makeup. I really couldn't see the gentleman very well. And the reason why is because the woman had gotten out of her seat her assigned seat at the restaurant (laughs) and was sitting in the lap of the gentleman and that he had his face buried in her chest. No way. Yes, Leon, way. Yes. (laughs) Okay. So, I mean, this is awkward. This is, this is not like a small pet. She is sitting in his lap and they are in full on. He is, He's just necking her, her her knockers, and I'm telling you, <laughs> Leon, I was mm-hmm. like, and so we kept saying, well, is there another table? Because, you know, this was going to ruin our souffle yes. experience, as you can see it, to have, you know, the cast of Dallas um, necking right next to us. Um, it was but- going to deflate the experience. I think we can say that. <laughs> oh, yes, Leon. Very good. Very Thank good. you. Very good. So what to do, Leanne? What to do? There was no other table. No other table there. Um, And uh, so we sat down, but I just felt like it was going to go badly. But I could see that the waiter or the hostess immediately, her eyes were popping out of her, you know, of her face as well. Like what to do with this? And they had a small little decorative curtain, you know, on the, out on the, in yeah. the one rooms, it really wasn't a curtain, but they did their best to try to like push it over. Because <laughs> they were just like, they, they were, they were in that position for like 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. That is, that is disturbing and odd. I don't understand that, especially at that little place. It's not a dark, no, it's not as, where you would go to do that. It's not my, a dark bar. It's not, uh, it's yeah. As our oh. waitress said to us, she said, well, I used to work in a steak restaurant and it used to happen all the time in steak places. <laughs> but I thought when I moved to the souffle place that I would. <laughs> wow. I didn't know that. Did you know that? that no, that's... I worked at a steakhouse. I don't recall that. But it was okay. a steakhouse. Maybe... People were tired in a ski town where I worked. But um, holy cow. 
Holy cow. So did I, you have to stare at them all night? Well, of course, I no. Uh, Tramp, my husband took the seat <laughs> where he could actually see okay. them. I wanted to see them, but he knew that that would not work. So uh, fortunately, they had a they had a dispute with the first course and they got up and left. Oh, so, wow. That's so that bizarre. That's yeah. a bizarre scene. Yes, it is, Leigh. And so twice in one week, <laughs> in the outside a restaurant, in a restaurant, things were happening. Don't leave the house, Jill. Just stay in the house. Just okay. stay in the house from now on. All right. All right. All right, Julie, first I have to make a slight correction. Last uh, weekend, um, I was triumphant over the fact that we were done with Algebra 2. By we, I mean me and my two boys. And yes. um, I was going to, I knew I was going to just mention that on the air, but about one minute before airtime, uh, I thought, oh, wait, there was that article from the New York Times a couple of years ago about how, you know, Algebra 2 is killing American students all over the country. And uh, I looked it up and I did, you know, a very fast fact check. So I did misstate some, uh, some <laughs> facts and Betsy wanted to clarify, like, okay, what good. was I talking about? Perhaps Betsy was a high school math teacher, so I can see why she was concerned. I don't know. So I just want to go on record as clarifying it because I said that 40% of high school students in some states, I read off a few statistics, are, are failing Algebra 2. And mm -hmm. then Algebra 2 stands as this gateway subject, really, yes. for college admissions and sort of the rest of your life. It is actually, if you do well in Algebra 2, it's a predictor of how well or if you will finish a four-year college. So it actually looms large in a child's academic record, their performance in Algebra 2. But I did want to clarify the numbers. 33% right. uh, failed in Oklahoma and 35 in West Virginia and uh, failed Algebra 2. But what they did was fail an exit exam uh -huh. that contained an Algebra component. But oh. I did say 43% of students fell below proficient in New Mexico, and it's students of all kinds, and that is true. Uh, so Algebra 2 is a stumbling block, but if you are in Oklahoma or if you are in West Virginia, um, it's all of math that your kids are having problem with, not specifically <laughs> Algebra 2. So I will just post this article. If you're interested, you can read the whole thing about Algebra 2. But I have to say, since I came out against Algebra 2, <laughs> uh, there's been a nice support group forming on our Facebook page, Mothers Against Algebra 2. Uh, we're bonding. We're hiring tutors already for next year. We're going to be good to go. So that's, that's all I would say. Good. I saw some very helpful t uh, hints, Leanne, on the uh, Facebook page. Yes. So. Yeah. Basically, hire a tutor. That's the helpful hint. It's the hint I learned too late this year. Uh, but next year, we're getting on it. We're going to sign up a college kid at one-third of the cost. That's to get through trig. Uh, so anyway, whoo. And then, but uh, though I am triumphant, it's the first weekend of summer vacation for my sons, uh, the first, you know, week. So I told myself, don't nag. You know, you, I, I nagged so much over the last six weeks to get them through the end of school. <laughs> You yes. know, a lot of nagging. Did you turn in your community service form? Did you do this? Did you finish up your paper? You know, we have to, you know, turn in your math books. You have all your, I just so much nagging. I thought I am not going to nag, but Julie, the, I, I need to know if they can fit into their suits for the wedding on <laughs> Saturday. Oh. Okay. And the I suits know. we bought last year for Megan's wedding, uh, yes. their high school boys are allowed to wear the same outfit to the wedding. Was very, yeah, and they looked handsome. In they did. Seats. They looked great last handsome, year. Handsome so boys. all I need my 16-year-old to do is, like, put the pants on. And I 
was like, how hard could this be? Just try the pants on, for God's sakes. And I have asked him like four times. So finally this morning, I had to set a time limit. I'm like, you have to try those pants on by noon today. So... And, what is and, well, it's there's still time, right? It's yes, early he's, today. He's got two more hours to put on a single pair of pants and try well, to button Leanne, them. As it just as you know, as a, as another mother of um, sons, I think that's a very generous timeline. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I would have tried a more direct approach. I would have had the pants in my hands and I would have stood there and started screaming like, "You put these pants on right now." Or else, you know, something like that. That's what's going to happen at noon. Have... That's the okay, or that's else. Gonna... That's... that's the noon approach. He doesn't, okay. he's not tried to get the pants on and button them. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Well, Leanne, I mean, sometimes you just have to do that. That's it. I mean, because otherwise you're going to have a pant emergency uh, when, whenever you're leaving to go to the wedding. Yes. Right? Because he won't have tried on the pants. Right. And he's grown and they won't fit. And then everybody, you know, then you're going to have like a big family um to do yeah 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 yeah. you can't do that yeah last year we had to go out my son forgot shoes for his suit so the morning of the wedding we had to go out and buy him a pair of shoes okay that's good (laughs) that's good well, Leanne, it's interesting that you say nagging because I, I need a ruling on something. This is kind of a married moment. I, and, and I just need a ruling like, should I just let this go or d- does this need to be addressed? Um, you know, we, we're all very, very busy this time of year. And uh, as an operating system, I usually use a little to-do list. Now, I know I could put it in my phone and blah, 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 but I don't. I, I have a little piece of paper <laughs> and I write down all the things that I need to do in a given day. And that's my to-do list. Well, my husband uh, of many, many years has now, for some reason, just this year, uh, just this spring, really, he has started adding to my to-do list. He takes my piece of paper that I have on the kitchen counter and he writes things that he thinks I ought to do uh, on the list. Now, should I let it go, Leanne, or or does it need to be addressed? Because it's kind of killing me. It's killing me, Leanne. That's my to-do list. Yeah. You know, I, I just, I feel like it's like such an invasion of my, of my, of my space, of my thought space, you know, that I, I, I've, I've taken to sort of like, putting it aside so maybe he won't find it you know i don't know why i think he's helping he feels like he's helping and contributing he's not trying to do this in any mean-spirited way but i think it's wrong don't you or yeah should, it or, is or wrong I, if he has I, some suggestions um i'm sorry my dog's barking like crazy okay. uh, <laughs> that's all right Lynn. it's tuesday <laughs> i know it's you know it's just the one other dog in the neighborhood so uh that she works at um julie i would i would keep the list to yourself and maybe put up a blank piece of paper like if he wants to contribute to another list uh-huh they're not are they suggestions for like your personal improvement like clean no, your no. closet no no <laughs> it's no it's just things that need to be done mm. that, you know yeah 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 I, so, I think your list is your list. Uh, that's kind of the, okay. All right. Yes, so I, 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 I agree. Addressed it. Okay. Okay. Married moment. I just wanted to get, get a ruling on that. Okay. 
All right, Jill, uh, I have some breaking watercress news. You know, we've been touting and talking about kale uh, for about a year here, ad nauseum on Satellite Sisters. We have various sisters in the pro and anti-kale camps. There have been a lot of kale recipes posted on the Facebook page. Kale has been sort of the vegetable darling of choice for um, nutritious vegetables for a while now. And Mm -hmm. it's reached um, full saturation. Wouldn't you say kale in the marketplace? Yeah, it's in everything now. It's revolting. Okay, I never, I told you it tastes like a juniper bush. Uh, so, but yes, full saturation, Lee. I don't think there's anything else they can, they can make with kale. Okay, well, I have good news because a new study has come out from the William Patterson University in Wayne, New Jersey about the most nutritious fruits and vegetables. And okay. the number one spot, kale is not even in the top 10, people. Let's just be honest. The oh. number one spot, Julie, watercress. Oh, I love water. I know, right? It's great. Yes. yes. Okay. It's, it's much more edible than kale. Yes, it is. Yes. It's right. tasty. It's got a zippy, it's got a nice zippy taste to it. It's great in salads. I love a watercress sandwich, Leanne. Yes. Who doesn't, Jewel? Who doesn't? <laughs> so here are the other powerhouse veggies in the top 10. Uh, number two spot goes to Chinese cabbage, ladies and gentlemen. Then we have really? char- chard. But I'm surprised about Chinese cabbage because it doesn't even seem that dark green. I know. That is a surprise, isn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And here, and then we have chard. Uh, Which is awfully like kale, don't you think? Or yeah, is but it... at least you can kind of cook the, the stems and it's better cooked. Like I don't like cooked kale at all. So yeah. chard at least I like cooked. Here's a surprise. Beet greens. You know, the things you usually throw away um, mm-hmm. from the top of the beets. Yeah. The greens yeah. are very nutritious. Have you uh, had those? Are they tasty? I have I have used them, uh, you know, kind of when I'm desperate for a green thing and I get beets in my organic veggie box, I have like chopped them up and used them like kale. And they're okay. fine. I mean, all those greens kind of taste the same to me, like mm-hmm. not delicious, like watercress. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Here we go. Uh, all, rounding out the top 10, spinach, chicory, lettuce leaf. Parsley, which is one of my favorites, I've really added into a lot of parsley into my rotation now. Romaine lettuce and collard greens, which I don't understand how to use at all. So mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. are the top 10. So I was inspired. So I thought I would go and um, look up a few things about watercress. And oh, uh, so, <laughs> so we got some watercress facts. Now, really, where else do you hear this, Leanne? Mm-hmm. And then just hold on to your hats because then I have the. Um, feel-good watercress story of the week coming up after that. I'm looking forward to this. Okay. Okay. First of all, watercress Uh, is an ancient uh, vegetable, one of the most ancient vegetables known. It can be traced back three millennia to the Persians, Greeks, and Romans. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. On Crete, uh, they believed it was an aphrodisiac. So islanders swear by its power and ancient recipes are handed down from one generation to the next. Okay, so that's an added uh, benefit, it seems to me. They're all added benefits, Julie. Listen to all this. Uh, Eating a bag of watercress is said to be a good cure for a hangover. (laughs) Okay, I think when you have a hangover, like grabbing a bag of watercress is not usually your first move. It sounds like you might hurl if you... You try to eat a bag I'm just of saying. Water, watercress, but I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just guessing. According to British vegetarian writer Colin Spencer, and that's quite a category, the Romans treated insanity with vinegar and watercress. 
That's the truth. How did that work out for (laughs) Okay. Ask Caligula. All right. Uh, The American Indian used watercress for liver and kidney troubles and to dissolve kidney stones. It's rich in iron and other valuable minerals. So it's a blood purifier and a system cleanser. So there you go. If you're detoxing, get yourself some watercress. Okay. Roman emperors ate it to help them make bold decisions. Okay. I mean, then they're just grabbing a bunch of watercress. They've got to have to decide whether to invade or not. And uh, that's helping them with their decision-making powers. Hmm. Irish monks were said to survive for long periods of time, eating only bread and watercress and referred to watercress as pure food for sages. I mean, how can you dispute these facts, Leanne? That's the other part. That's that's the other part of the of the mystery and the wonder of watercress. Yes, go ahead. And then listen to this: as a medicinal plant, watercress has been traditionally considered a diuretic, an expectorant, a purgative, a stimulant, a stomachic, and a tonic. It's also (laughs) been used as a remedy against anemia, eczema, kidney, and liver disorders, tuberculosis, boils, warts. And tumors. I mean, that is, that is like an all-in-one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. How much watercress to get the desired effect? Do you have any? It doesn't. These are just, this is under the facts and folklore section, Julie, so I don't know. Uh, And then uh, one last, um, one last fact here. Uh, Lord Byron was quoted as saying that watercress, watercress, quote, doth restore the bloom to the cheeks of a young maiden. And I think we would all like a little bloom in our cheeks these days. Yes, I think that would be great, Leanne. So now the question is, other than watercress sandwiches and in a salad, uh, are you making watercress shakes? What are are you doing with the watercress? Well, you can put it in a shake if you want to. Uh, Watercress (laughs) soup is very popular and, again, has ancient uh, ancient um, uh, history there. So uh, I'm going to post a really good chilled avocado and watercress soup with shrimp Ooh. recipe Ooh, from the LA, sounds... the LA Times that I saw the other day. So that looks good. But mainly people eat it as a salad. That That yes. is like just with a little oil and vinegar, salt and pepper. Julie, I think it's the perfect vessel for celery salt, if you ask me. <laughs> Aha, uh-huh, Leanne. Okay. Okay. Now you're talking. You, now you're really combining two powerful food groups, Leanne. That's excellent. Celery, salt, and watercress. Okay. All right. And then finally, I promised you the feel-good watercress story of the week. All right. Well, Julie, there is a town in Hampshire, England uh, that has... Um, let me get my notes here. Yeah, yeah, it has, it's called, take your time. it's called Arlesford. I don't know how the British would pronounce that. <laughs> I don't, that's got so many letters together. It's like A-L-R-E-S-F-O-R-D. It's in Hampshire and uh, they host a watercress festival every year. Uh, oh, as you can right. imagine, there are, the British love their watercress. They are credited with popularizing watercress here in the 20s. 20th and 21st centuries. It became an important food during World War II when everything else was rationed. It was the like the one food you could eat your face off with. Go ahead, watercress every Sunday night for tea was very popular. So they have a popular water watercress festival. It happened a couple weeks ago, and apparently an out-of-town bride planned of her wedding in this charming Hampshire village um, during the Watercrest Festival. And when she found out, she was distraught. So she contacted the officials of the Watercrest Festival, and they said, don't worry, 
we will make accommodations because she was supposed, the church was at the far end of the main street where the festival was taking place. Mm -hmm. So they got her a Rolls Royce. And during the middle of the Watercrest Festival, they all parted ways and let the bride go to her wedding with a lot of fanfare and clapping and, of course, bouquets of watercress. Oh. <laughs> so there you go. Well, I do feel good, Leanne. Yes. That's a lovely story. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. You don't see the, the you don't see the kale festival. No, you don't see those people doing. No, that. they're not coming together to celebrate no. kale, and they're not doing this. So, so you know, is watercress hard to grow? I mean, can we just uh, do? I don't know, Jewel. A, I mean, a, it seems a, to grow in almost every culture everywhere. As I looked around, you can go to watercress.com. By the way, I'm not kidding you. Many of these facts were from there, and um, almost every culture has it. So that would mean that you know, Mexico. Chinese, Philippines, Germany, Indonesia, Japan, Malaysia, Thailand, Vietnam, Italy, Portugal, they all uh, use watercress in their cooking. So that would imply it's pretty easy to grow. Okay, Leanne. Well, that is quite quite a bit of news, Leanne, about watercress. <laughs> Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I think it's, uh, it's going to be a nice break, uh, particularly during the summer months, uh, to take up eating watercress. Yeah, okay. just a little uh, oil and vinegar. Yum. Delish. Mm -hmm. Delicious. Okay, well, Leanne, it's as long. Uh, can we move on to what I am referring as nutty news? This <laughs> yes. is the nutty news segment. And my first story is about Diane D.D. Baker. I don't know if you saw this story in the paper, Leanne. She um, uh, calls herself a community activist, but she has been banned from doing cartwheels, performing cartwheels at public meetings. In fact, in the in Phoenix, they took a vote and they said that Diane D.D. Barker must immediately cease performing cartwheels because apparently she's showing up at a lot of community meetings and as part of her presentation, she's doing cartwheels. Okay, now, now here's the thing you need to know about Diane is that she is a former Ohio State cheerleader, okay? Mm -hmm. She's 65 years old, Leanne. She's mm -hmm. 65 years old. And... She can really do a cartwheel. You can look her up. Just Google her. You have got to see this woman do a cartwheel. She not only does a, an excellent cartwheel, but she also can do a split. She's 65, yeah. okay? And she feels like this is the way that she can express her passion. She uh, uses cartwheeling as her multimodal tra of traveling. A lot of times she just cartwheels down the street because she finds it easier and more fun. And, um, but... The community leaders uh, in Phoenix are finding her cartwheels disruptive, and they're worried about the safety issue that perhaps maybe she's not going to be able to execute her cartwheels every single time. But as far as I can tell, she is really solid on these cartwheels, and she's really sticking that landing, Leon. And I think, I think, really, if you could see how well she could do it. I think it's really a, a, an unjust um, vote by the city of Phoenix not to let her do cartwheels. I it's mean, incredible on. that any municipal government is spending time on, on this issue. Well, and be, when, when a giant city like Phoenix may have more problems going on than a 65-year-old woman cart cartwheeling. <laughs> I, I mean, so I know, I know. I, it's nutty. This isn't a nutty story, Julie. This is nutty news, right? I told you, Lee, nutty news. Okay, and and she's, uh, you know, I've seen her. She seems pretty articulate, 
and she just likes to do cartwheels. It doesn't seem like she's harming anyone. She hasn't kicked anyone in the head with her cartwheels. She has a nice, neat little round off when she does it. It's, 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 um, you know, she's a professional. She was an Ohio state cheerleader. Have they taken a stance against cow jumps? (laughs) Where where do they stand on burpees? Um, you know, it just seems it may be inappropriate at a city council meeting. Like if yeah. she wants to cartwheel down the street, I'm fine with that. But yeah. there are, you know, I, I wouldn't want her to bring a bullhorn, sing opera, you know, do card tricks, uh, you know, dance with a chicken. I, I don't want to do those things at a city council meeting either. So, so really, uh, yeah, I don't. I think that it is, it seems like kind of an attention getter, Julie, and well, not in a healthy way. Well, I mean, but she's good at it. She's expressing her passion. This is this is how she expresses herself. And um, I think you should I think you should give her a little room. That's what I do. I, <laughs> well, I say cartwheel on your own time. That's what I say. I say. Okay. Cart- All right. Split decision on the first story. Next <laughs> nutty news story. Can we talk about the hidden cash? Now, I know this yeah. starts out on the West Coast in San Francisco. Um, this is some real estate mogul, a guy with a lot of money, Jason Boozy, uh, from Palo Alto, California. He started uh, uh, pl- uh, tweeting out clues that he put money out out in public areas and then tweeted out clues and people could go and get the free money. Okay, sounds sounds seems like it's uh, pretty harmless, but I guess in certain areas he expanded to... L.A. I mean, Liz had sent out word that she, in fact, was searching for the free money at one point, our sister Liz. And now um, he has sent uh, word that this weekend, New York, Chicago, Houston, Las Vegas and Mexico City are all going to have the same phenomenon where he's going to send out clues and you can run and rush and get to the money. I I kind of see this like an, you know, like an Easter egg hunt for adults. Mm -hmm. There's there's going to be trouble here, Leanne. There is going to be trouble. There's going to be chaos. Someone will be killed. That's the problem with this. As it escalates and goes to more and more cities, like then we're going to have gun violence or, you know, we're going to have dangerous cartwheeling in the area of the... (laughs) Like Diane is not dangerous, Liam. I want you. I, I really okay. Just so I mean, I admire this the sense of it though, the spirit of it. It is like an egg hunt for grownups, and it is kind of fun. It, it was sort of nutty to see people going nuts uh, yes. over yes. finding a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars. So, but it does. If it escalates, I am concerned about public safety. Yeah, I hate to be a killjoy on this one, but I kind of agree. This one, uh, yeah, because there was apparently in Burbank where he had, uh, some of the hidden cash was, it did create chaos. And I, I feel like this is now a stunt that I, I don't know what the, was the purpose pure joy just to give away his money? I mean, I think that's fine. But, uh, or is it, is there some deeper stunt involved here? Is this going to be just to promote some, another website or some, something, some portal or something? You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, I, I I agree. Well, is it a game show? Is it, is it something in development? Yeah, the stunt meter goes up on this. Although I am surprised you're for cartwheeling. But suspicious of this. I am. It's like I'm Monica being for the naked bike ride. Like, yes. I don't know, on a scale of one to ten, naked bike ride being a ten? What is this? I But, you know, people are enjoying it. But I just generally think, like, 
kids should be involved. But I think when grownups get involved, that's when like the fun ends. That's when the fun stops. It's it's the Halloween example, Leanne. Fine holiday for kids, but now that adults have taken over Halloween, I think the fun has ended. Exactly, Jewel. Exactly. I'm down on hidden cash, and I'm all for cartwheels, okay? Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, Liam, you know, this is a big weekend. Of course, we're going to be, we're going to a wedding, and we're going to have a Satellite Sister we, uh, meetup, but it's also Father's Day, and um, I saw there was an article in the New York Times about, father, you know, uh, the number of stay-at-home fathers, and do you realize that in the last 15 years, the number of fathers that are taking taking care of kids full-time has doubled, that now there are over 2 million dads in the country that take care of their children full-time. Now, I mean, that's the headline, and there's a lot of, you know, that's the good news because of, you know, it's of the positive reinforcement that you have dads involved, and how great is that? And it's, you you know, broadening the the gender definition of parenting, whatever. But behind the stati- those statistics, there's some news that, you know, is it's sort of the other side of the coin. Um, number one, that half of the people that are staying home to take care of their children full time are living in poverty. Right. And, right. and that uh, they are much more likely not to have received their high school um, diploma. So that in some cases, it, you know, that over... Over 20% of them are un, unable to find work, and so that's why they are taking over the child care um, um, at home rather than – it's not it's not the kind of you – know, It's not a middle. choice. You know, what you're saying is it's not right. this huge – it's not this huge decision. Like women – it's portrayed in the media that women are like making this decision to give up their jobs and stay home, and it's this huge choice, and it's all those things. Uh, but sometimes it's just a, a reality. You can't find work or your spouse makes more money than you. It makes more economic sense for you to stay home. Um, it, it's a, it's it's very complicated. It's a complicated right, decision for families. How about this statistically? And that 35% of the dads that are caring for children full time are caring for children that are disabled. Wow. You know, that, isn't that, that's really very interesting that that, you know, having a disabled child, the, you know, the, the care involved is forcing families to rethink, you know, who's working and who's caring for the child. And, and that's, um, that's to me was a statistic that really, you know, I I didn't expect that. I didn't expect it to be that high, but that's what it is. So, well, this is the reality of women being better educated. You know, more women are graduating from graduate schools now. More women are graduating from college now than men, and so they do have higher income earning. And so, when we discuss these things about working mothers and stay-at-home yes. mothers and the fake fight between them, this is the piece that often gets left out: that the women are the primary breadwinners, that they have made decisions in their own family that necessitate one parent staying home. It's the Mm -hmm. husband. And Mm -hmm. so we continue to sort of bash on and beat on these women for going to work. But, you know, the truth is that these are complicated family issues and every family makes their own decision. So, right, right. Well, it is Father's Day, Julie. Usually when I hear stories about stay-at-home dads, I have a cynical view. I will... (laughs) I will admit to that. that, Now that we've had a thoughtful discussion, because, you know, 15 years ago when we first got into the Satellite Sisters business, you know, and I was uh, a mother of young kids and, uh, you know, where everything, you've just made the decision to stay home or go back to work and these issues are primary and you don't realize how fluid the whole 
parenting situation is that sometimes you're going to be the one that goes to work and sometimes you're going to be the one that stays home and sometimes you may buy, be the one that's unemployed and and it's just a much more fluid thing than you know you decide once and that's that for life but um I remember when we were first doing our show, we used to do theme shows, and one was like on parenthood. And the only story everyone pitched was like stay-at-home dads, stay-at-home dads. And that was 15 years ago when it was a tiny percentage of men. I'm like, really? We we can't do a story on stay-at-home mothers that are like 98% of the people staying home and have been doing so for, I don't know, thousands of years. We have to do this story on like a tiny percentage of people doing something. Uh, I pushed back, Julie. I pushed back and I was cynical about it. But in the 15 years, you know, a lot of circumstances have changed. And I have seen my own friends have to make really tough decisions. In many cases, the men were long-term unemployed. The women were making much better salaries than they were. And, you know, they ended up staying home, being the stay-at-home parent, not really by choice, but by circumstance. So there, it's, you know, that's the, being in a two parent family. There's, there are some options there. So, uh, so that's, those are interesting statistics and it is father's day. Uh, did, did, we do wish all fathers yes. this weekend, a very happy father's day, you know, for the ones that are staying at home full time with taking care of their children or those that are going off to work. We're very happy that you're around and, uh, and you can just help with the housework. That's all I have to say. Right. <laughs> Ooh. Those are fighting words. All right. Stay with us. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, um, we have our World Cup picks. So stay tuned. And then some news about our Cape Cod meetup and uh, a Gracie Award update. Stay with us. We're the Satellite Sisters. Today's Satellite Sisters is brought to you by Audible. And Leanne, you know I am an audiobooks junkie, and Audible is my favorite provider of books. Liz, you are an addict, and good for you, because you have learned a lot of things and had a lot of entertainment from your audiobooks. And we do the same on our road trips in the summer. We love, love, love listening to audiobooks in the car. I know, and they have everything. There's more than 150,000 titles. And right now, you can get a free audiobook and a 30-day trial by signing up at audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters. That's right. That's audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters, S-I-S-T-E-R-S. <laughs> and, you know, I'm, right now I'm, I'm listening to the book Endurance, Shackleton's Incredible Voyage. We're coming up on the 100th anniversary of that voyage, that adventure to um, Antarctica. And it's so great to have a great narrator read you this super cool adventure story. So I am loving that on Audible. Liz, that's so you to go with the nonfiction title. I'm listening to a nonfiction title, too, but I went with the funny. You know, I like funny books by funny people, and when they're read by funny people, people even better i am so enjoying annabelle gerwich's new book i see you made an effort compliments indignities and survival stories from the edge of 50 she reads it she's hilarious the book is hilarious liz it's not shackleton but it's it's still funny <laughs> there's something for everyone at audible really get your free audiobook now and a 30-day trial by signing up at audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters i'm just gonna say it again liz audiblepodcast.com forward slash sisters thanks audible mm-hmm. 
We're back for the Satellite Sisters. As we've been mentioning, we are headed off to our niece's wedding on the Cape this weekend. Cape Cod, people coming in from all over, meeting up there. Julie, you leave tomorrow because you're going to New York to pick up our Gracie. Um, but first, let's face it, the real big na- international news story is the World Cup starting on Thursday. Now, uh, here, here's what I just want to say. Even if you don't follow football, the beautiful game, soccer, um, I know how much y'all enjoy the Winter Olympics, right? The great thing about the World Cup, it's a whole different set of countries, you know? Like, people who got, you know, Norway not competing in the World Cup, not going to sweep any medals. But, you know, Nigeria, yes, they're in the World Cup. So it's a chance for you to actually root for countries where this is it. This is their big shot on the international stage. And you don't actually have to know anything about soccer. Just pick a country and get on board because it is fun to follow a lot of international uh, intrigue, a lot of great-looking men, I'll just say it, with great haircuts. Uh, So that's worth tuning in for. And it's just a lot of international pride. So that's a piece of the World Cup that we can all all take part in. All right, Julie. do you have any picks? What are who I are do, you going Leah, with? I, I'm go, I, this is you know it's sort of a classic pick, but uh, this is the first time that the World Cup has been held um, in this hemisphere, right, Leon? Am I correct with that? Yeah. Uh, I don't know that for sure. I, I thought I, I well I I thought if, if you of, know that fact, then go for it. Uh, I it's it's yes it's it's probably as solid as some of the watercress facts. So I'm going to go with that. <laughs> okay. But I'm going with the home team. I would really love to see Brazil win the World Cup because they're the hosts. I think uh, they certainly know how to celebrate in Brazil. Uh, and I think that would be really, really fun to see. So that's, that's I, have, I really don't know anything about the teams. I enjoy soccer, but I don't follow it as closely as you do. So I'm going with Brazil. Okay. And then, Julie, I'm going to give you a dark horse to root for, too. Okay. Uh, uh, you know, that maybe in the early rounds, because Brazil should probably breeze through, uh, I want you to take a look at Belgium. All right. I think you might enjoy rooting for the Belgians. Okay. <laughs> I mean, what like is Belgian? Belgian what, what's that? Are Belgian waffles? Exactly. Are they looking men? Exactly. Okay. This is just right. in honor of, of, uh, of Mr. Selfridge and our love of all things Belgian recently. I think you should take a look at Belgium. They have a really good team. They're in the same group as Russia, uh, mm-hmm. but there's a good chance they might get through. And it's a tiny country, really, Belgium. They need all the worldwide support they can get. So I know you're rooting for Brazil, and they have a, you know, they have, they're on the good side of the draw, and they've got a good route to the finals. And it is hard to root against Brazil in their home team, in their hometown. So also give some love to Belgium, all right? All right, Leon. Okay. Now, I've heard, I, I think I sort of heard this. I don't read the sports page as, as, as carefully as you do. But is it true that the American coach for, um, for the World Cup has said they don't expect to win anything, that they expect, you know, they expect to lose right off the bat? They, they have no expectations. Is well, right? I think that he said they have no expectations. I don't, I don't know if he said the exact words, we're not going to win anything. It is unlikely that they will get out of the group stages. Okay. If, if okay. Cristiano Ronaldo, the star player for Portugal, is healthy and can play, uh, it's they probably will not. They're in a very tough group with Germany, Portugal, Ghana, which is a very good team, the best African nation team, and the U.S. So only two of those four teams will go through. And Germany is will likely be uh, at least a semifinalist. Um, they could win the whole thing. So, and then 
Portugal, Cristiano Ronaldo is one of the best players in the world. And if he's healthy, he has a hamstring issue, uh, then that could be a very tough group for them. So I don't know if he said we're not going to win anything. That's not... <laughs> Coaches usually don't say that. They don't say that. This seemed but, it seemed a little harsh. But, but that's that, well, but he's I, harsh. You know, he's he's a realist and he's harsh. So, uh, but he may so he may have said that. Uh, the expectation is that they will not go very far. The U.S. So team. Have, okay, so just I, because particularly know. they're in a tough group. They they you know there's usually one group of death and they are in the group of death. Uh, it's you know the t- just they it's a random pick. It's a random draw and that's where they ended up. So, uh, so I will be rooting for the U.S. team. Their first game is on Monday versus okay. Ghana. Um, but I am picking Argentina to win. So, uh-huh. yeah, Ooh, I'm picking okay. Argentina to win. Uh, I like Lionel Messi. Uh, I just, I love, I love the whole Argentine vibe. I love their uniforms. I love the way they play. Um, so I'm hoping they can, can finally win the World Cup. Okay, that's that sounds very that sounds like some solid rationale there, yes. Leanne. Nobody's going, no one can refute that. No. So okay, Argentine to uh, the Argentine to win. Yes. And, or, and I'm I think going it's going to be an Argentina Brazil final, and I oh. think Argentina will win. Okay, that's what at, I think. That's what I'm all predicting. Right. All right, you heard it here first at Satellite Sisters. So. Um, okay, Lane. All right. Um, you know what? I want to mention quickly that we are meeting up on Cape Cod this weekend on the Cape. Uh, I want to thank Pam, who's been our organizer. She really stepped forward. She found the place, Brax Landing. Uh, she's been communicating me via Facebook. She has offered to pick us all up in her car, but I think we'll have our own cars there. I think we can get mm-hmm. there. But here, this week, you know, started to pay attention. It said we'd love to do this meetup, but we can't really organize it. So someone on the ground will have to. So I noticed, like, well, there are quite a few people coming. There's like 15 people coming now. And, you know, I'm a party planner, an event planner just from way back, having done a lot of school events. I thought, oh, should I call the restaurant? Should I, I don't know, should I alert somebody? And guess what? I got a message from Pam yesterday saying, hey, Leanne, I noticed there were a lot of people coming, 15 people. So I'm going to call the restaurant, make sure everything's okay, make sure they know we're coming. Yes, Pam. <laughs> yes. She's a real satellite She's a sister, Leanne. Leanne, that is great, Pam. Thank you so much. I also want to put out a special thank you, and you know who this is to. I, I cannot disclose it, Leanne. I got a secret message. Okay, that's all I'm saying. And I believe that I am going to, that the Gracie Award will be um, at the Satellite Sister uh, Meetup on Cape Cod. That's, that's all I can say about it. <laughs> I just have received word. Clearance. You received some kind of official clearance, haven't you, I did, Leanne. Things have worked out. That's all I'm going to say. Okay? So um, uh, you can expect to see the Gracie statue um, on on the Cape. So if you were sort of waffling about whether or not you wanted to leave your wonderful father on Father's Day and come see the Satellite Sisters, (laughs) now you know. (laughs) Bye, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, Julie, you have to get on a plane in a couple of hours to go to New York and get that Gracie. So we've got to get going here. Uh, a reminder that the Satellite Sisters Best Beach Bag Books list is up at our website. I will put links on the blog, but it's got its own special page under books. <clears throat> a lot of good suggestions there, including a lot of books that are available on Audible. So if you're taking advantage of the free audio download this week, there are a lot of books on our Best Beach by Book list that you can find at Audible. <coughs> Ooh, Liam. I know. I'm sorry. I had a nut. 
kind of nut. I need some watercress. I need an expectorant. I'm going to go have, uh, you know, you know, speaking of that watercress, they, they had an all-you-can-eat watercress contest at that festival, and the winner ate 80 grams of watercress. Now, Ooh. I don't know how much that is. That could be 800 pounds for all I know, but that seemed like a lot of watercress. That's, that's a big bunch. Okay. Very big bunch. All right. We're the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.